0: Hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of Taboo! That was a little off, I don't know. You're the one that can't synchronize. Okay, so what if I'm tone deaf? Let's move on.
1: Speaking of being tone deaf, we're going to be talking today about people who cannot read the room Mm. or read other people's emotions well. Mm. Narcissists.
0: Oh my god, this word? Taken mm-hmm. over all of 2020, yeah. 2021. I'm hearing it 24-7. All on my Twitter timeline. Y'all know I love Twitter, but God, I feel like the word is being overused at this point.
1: Yeah. So, like, in regards to narcissism, why is this such a heavy topic for you? Mm.
0: Give them a little taste of what? Yeah. Well, it all starts. No, it I really does. need to stop. <laughs> Honestly, this is a topic that I've kind of been dreading, but also looking forward to because... To be completely honest with you guys, I was in a relationship with a narcissist. And at the time, I didn't know. So I was going through this relationship thinking, damn, this guy is crazy. It's fun, though. Like, this is a good time. But, like, Mm -hmm. this guy is really crazy. And it was like, it felt like this was calculated. It Mm -hmm. felt like it was really just a plan of attack. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I had that gut feeling for a long time. And I always say I should have trusted my gut the entire time because I saw all the red flags. But when you're in so deep like that, you just... I know we all joke about it, but they really, they go orange, and okay. then they go yellow.
1: Right. So, we want to know what happened. Okay. Give hmm. us, start it from the top. What happened?
0: You want the long version or the short version?
1: We ain't got time for that. All right. right. <laughs> but I want the long version.
0: Okay. So, um, it really all started in 2018. So, I linked him, got in my car, and I'm like, yo, this man is fine. Hold on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was tight, because I'm like, not be putting this man off for so long.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Anyway skipping all, all of that um we just like basically we just ended up t- talking in the car for about two hours mm-hmm. after i got it and it was nuts to me because i was like can you imagine like i've just never connected with someone like the way
1: you the way now. i had
0: with him and i was just sitting there and i'm like and i remember vi- like vividly sitting in the car and i was about to back out the driveway and i like screamed at the top of my lungs i said not me meeting my husband at 21 years old
1: mm-hmm. can
0: you imagine and then we pretty much spent every day together. After that, um, we went on a date and we just hung out twenty four seven. And every time I didn't want to hang out, he kind of took it very offensively. So mm-hmm. he would ignore me the next day, mm-hmm. and I never realized that he was doing it. But I, at, now that I'm talking about it, I can always, I can look back and realize like, yeah, this man would literally ignore me just because I didn't want to see him, mm-hmm. and it was so annoying. Because I'm like, what is going on with him? And he wouldn't right. tell me in the moment. It was very childish. Another thing I noticed is that whenever we would hang out, it would always have to be on his time. Like mm-hmm. there was never a time where. I could be free and be like, hey, like, do you want to hang out? No. It's right. always, he had to make the plans. It's on his type of time, and it was so annoying. So, basically, to sum this up, I'm just going to tell you month by month because that's how I remember it because every single month something freaking happens. Mm-hmm. So, that was probably in February. In March um, is when he told me that he was sleeping with other people. And, like, normally people would be like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, why are you still with someone who's sleeping with other people? But, y'all, let me say something. Um... Child, so when you're in a relationship like this, (laughs) the person makes you feel like, you know, they are the center of your world. He made me feel like I was not going to find anything better than him. As I already explained, I was already just like putting him on this pedestal. So it was really hard for me to see like what he was truly saying. And so in March, he cheated on me and I tried to leave. I was super angry. I was devastated and he just would not let me. He Mm. was like, come over to my house. He was beating down my phone all day. Come over to my house. He explained it to me. He's like, no, it's not cheating. It's just that, you know, I <laughs> I make a lot of money. So I like to have multiple women. But, you know, I know who my main person is. These other girls are just because I need to relieve stress because I have so much stress from my life as a business owner.
1: Mm.
0: You know, at this point, most people would walk away. I didn't, though, you know, because... I wouldn't have a story to tell if I did (laughs) (laughs) like literally it was just I I was flabbergasted Mm -hmm. I was broken and then he kind of but the way he was putting it made it seem like it was a one-time thing Mm -hmm. so I was like oh okay you know I can move past this we're so early in the stages he hadn't asked me to be his girlfriend yet so I was like fine I'll move past it then it happened again and again and again and from April through June he just kept cheating on me and every single time I would say, why do you keep doing this? Like, what is this? This is not stress anymore. And he would say, the fact, and he would tell me every single time, the fact that you're even worried about this just shows how insecure you are. Like, the fact that you're even worried about what I'm doing in the streets when I'm coming here and I'm giving you all of my energy, I'm taking you out on dates, I'm taking you out to eat. He's like, you're so worried about all that stuff because deep down, you're so insecure. Mm-hmm. Deep down, you don't know who you are. And I'm like, basically, he was just putting me down over and over again. And I was like, you know what? Maybe it is my insecurity. Mm-hmm. And I remember even coming to you and I'm like, you know... Maybe polygamy isn't bad, mm-hmm. but it wasn't polygamy because he was the only one stepping outside the relationship. And I would beg him over and over again. And he would tell me, you're, you're like, you're literally crazy if you think that me making so much money would stay with only one person. You're absolutely nuts if you think that I'm going to stop. And then the next day would be like, I don't need these women. You're so different. You make me so happy. I don't need anything else but you. Like, it's me. You against the world. And then turn around again and be like, you are just so insecure. Like, you're mm-hmm. so constantly worried about other people. Mm-hmm. It was a roller coaster. It was constantly making me feel like I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what was going on. And I needed to change myself 24-7 mm-hmm. because I never felt safe. Mm-hmm. And so in June, when it just became too much for me, I was like, I have to leave. I have to leave. I can't keep doing this. Um, I had found about out about multiple men at this point, And I was just going crazy and Just my body. I was going crazy with him, and I just felt. But it was so hard because I was going crazy, and I wanted to leave. It's so embarrassing to say, but I was leaving for my job training, and (laughs) he came to my house, and he had told me that he cheated again. And I was thinking about him. It was really sick, like and twisted. Like he would tell me every single time he cheated on me, like thinking it was like there's some way of honesty, like Mm -hmm. some way of like oh, you know, you should be grateful that I'm telling you about these things. And so, uh, he came to my house, and he told me that he had cheated, cheated on me again, and I was (laughs) just like. I'm leaving for training. Like, why did you do this right now? So I got back inside and I was crying so hard. And my sister's like, what happened? Like, what happened? You can tell me anything. Like, just let me know. Like, are you pregnant? And I was like, no, <laughs> he cheated on me. <laughs> and she was like, are you kidding me? She's like, you have stopped dating him. And I was like, and I, I couldn't even believe what said when I came out of my mouth. But like, I was like, I can't. I love him. And it felt like I, I just was stuck. It felt like I was standing there in front of her and I'm looking at her. I'm like, I did not mean to say that. But that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. And it made me feel crazy because like, I was like, I've never fallen for someone so fast. I'm usually very like practical about it. And for me to say I love him, especially in a heightened moment like that, I was like, damn, I am in deep in this. And there's no way I'm getting out. So I was like, you know what? Not talking to him. But again, it was very like, I wanted to talk to him. I knew I wasn't dumb because I wanted to keep talking to him. And so I blocked him on everything, but I didn't block Snapchat. And he had my location. And so I went to training in New Jersey um, for my job. And all of a sudden, I'm at Topgolf. <laughs> just Golf. Y'all need better security. <laughs> I'm at Top Golf, And uh, he, like, Snapchat messaged you're me. You're stupid. Yo, as hell. <laughs> but I literally, I'm, he messaged me. He's like, where are you? And you know, when you, like, really, when you want someone to reach out. So, you're, I was waiting all week because he didn't speak to me all week. And then finally, at the end of the week, he goes, where are you? And I'm like, what? And he's like, where are you? Just tell me your location, Liana. And I'm like, for what? And he's like, just tell me your location. I'm like, Fine, because I'm like, come chase me. Like, I'm hype right now. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm at Top Golf or whatever with the gang. <laughs> Big mistake. This man shows up and is like, come on, let's go. So he comes and he's talking to me. He takes me to dinner and he's like, I want to be with you. Like, I don't want to be with anyone else. I want to be with you. You know, these women don't mean anything to me. You mean the most to me. And I'm, I hope, like, you can see this from you coming, from me coming all the way over here. Right. Not once did he apologize. (laughs) Like, not once did he apologize. He didn't really, like, officially say he was done with the women. But he kind of just said, you know, they mean. Just kept emphasizing over and over again, like, I want to be with you. I'm giving you all my time. And, you know, they mean nothing to me. But at no point, when I think back to to it, he never said, I'm done with it. Mm -hmm. And I should have known that, but I didn't. And so, again, I took him back, guys. Because you know what? When you're in an abusive relationship, I learned that it takes about seven times to actually leave. So, I'm pretty sure I did, like... Is that the
1: average? Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right.
0: Because it took me, like, 16. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, literally, so, we just kept going, and we celebrated his birthday. We were just having a great time, Um, and then October came, and he was no longer going to be living in Long Island. He was actually moving to the city. This stressed me out so much, because I knew that I wasn't going to have the little control over him that I did have already, because... He was going to You guys be, were
1: no longer five minutes apart. Yeah,
0: because he literally lived five minutes away from me. Like it was not a drive or anything like that. Now I went from five minutes to forty minutes. And instead of every single day, we're together maybe on and off, like mm-hmm. three times a week, maybe, maybe two times a week if I was lucky. And so <laughs> this is like the hardest part. Cause literally, guys, I will never forget this. October 9th, I moved him into his new apartment and literally i think about like two days later i went over there and he told me that he cheated on me again and i was like bruh you got to chill like <laughs> my sweat is still in your bathroom from mm. when i was cleaning it on my hands and in- hey maid <laughs> i see you got your maid outfit on hey
1: kizzy like
0: i was literally on my hands and knees cleaning this apartment for this man this is why i'll never simp again i'm lying i simp every day but anyways <laughs> it was just terrible and so i realized in that moment, I was like, girl, you need to get it together. Yeah. And I realized that I was so deep into it because I was blaming myself. And I refused to have, like, I refused to acknowledge his part that he was playing with it. I just kept saying, it's my fault. It's my fault. Like, I shouldn't have let this, let it go this far. Or, you know, in the back of my mind as well was, I should be better. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to, you know, be more educated. I need to be on top of my business. I need to be on top of my my stuff to, like... Prove my worth and let him know that I'm worth it and he doesn't need all these other girls. And I'm sitting there like looking up new tricks for the bedroom and looking up new things that he may like and anything and anything that could make him happier. And it just felt so sad because I'm like, why doesn't he just take me for me? Like, Mm -hmm. why can't he just love me the way I love him? Mm -hmm. And I realized that he's just not capable of love. Mm -hmm. He was, he's never, he's not built that way. And so finally in November, I asked him, I was like, do you want to close this relationship? Because if not, like, I'm going to have to go. And he was just like, Go ahead, basically. He was like, I'm tired of us going back and forth with this. You clearly don't know what you want. And he turned to me and was like, if you leave right now, like, don't ever come back because I won't let, I won't allow you back in my life. And I was like, that is no problem. Mm-hmm. And I literally walked away and I cried all the way from Bowery to Penn Station. And I cried for so long because I was just like, it was a cry of release. Um, It was a cry of happiness, but it was also just complete sadness. The fact that I had loved someone with my mind, body, my soul. I love this man. And he just felt nothing towards me. And at that moment, like, as I'm riding the train home, I'm like, damn, this entire 10 months was just a lie. Like, it was just an absolute lie. He was pretending to be someone, and I woke up one day, and I was like, who even is this person anymore? Like, this is not the person I was. In the beginning, he was so loving. He was kind. He was just charming and just wanted to do everything for me. And then towards the end, he barely spoke to me. He did terrible things. He put me down 24-7. He just made me feel like I was literally a crumb on the ground and he could kick me whenever he wanted to. And, you know, we sometimes kind of discredit emotional abuse, but the way, guys, I'm still carrying some of the stuff that he says to me now, some of the actions he's done towards me now, the way I've projected onto other people, it's just something I will never forget. And this is why this topic is so close to me because I hate the fact that it's being thrown around, the word is being thrown around so easily because that's just half of the things I went through. Like, And I'm sure as the episode goes along, I can share some more, but it's just like, that's just literally not even, I wouldn't even say half of it. It was like one fourth of the things that I went through with this man. And it still pains me to even talk about. So it's just like, I hate that people say it so casually, like, oh, he's a narcissist. Oh, she's a narcissist. So, so and so. No, they're not because it's a personality disorder.
1: Yeah. So I'm just like, I'm sorry. I'm so shocked. Mm. Did you realize he was a narcissist while you were dating him or afterwards?
0: No, this was afterwards. So, um What did
1: that journey like look like for you?
0: Literally, I have my journal with me cuz I started journaling uh, the moment I realized that I was that I felt crazy. Mm-hmm. And um Yeah, 11/3/2019, the, literally the first three words in my journal were what the fuck cuz I was like what the fuck have I got myself into? Excuse mm-hmm. my French. And um I was telling my mom about what happened. And I was omitting the part where he was cheating on me constantly, but I just told her, like, you know, it didn't work out and all this stuff. And my mom is a social worker, so she just basically, she met him twice, and I guess she read his energy or something. Mm -hmm. I was like, Leanna, look up narcissist. And Mm -hmm. I was like, why? And she was like, I just really believe he might be one. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, sure. So I looked it up, and shout out to Dr. Romney on YouTube. She was on, she did the Red Table too. Literally started reading him to filth. Mm -hmm. Like, every single thing, and it wasn't my perception. It was like, this is how people have described him to me, and this is how I was perceiving it, and this is how my mom perceived it, even only after two times of meeting him.
1: Right. So, then my next question is, what things stood out to you that made you realize this man is a narcissist? Mm.
0: So, I definitely think, I mean, breaking it down from the beginning stages of that relationship, him not letting me be apart from him for more than, like, 24 hours, Mm -hmm. immediately clicked with the love bombing, Mm -hmm. especially in the beginning. What's love bombing? So, love bombing is basically with a narcissist, like, they need these relationships for like self-enhancement so they date one person like very intensely in the beginning and they're very everything starts off very very like fast in, yeah and fast and intense. yes literally exactly and so there's excessive communication because they want you to start revolving your life around them and that's exactly what he feeling did feeling
1: like you're like this is special this yes is no, like nothing else
0: yeah it's okay. like they're giving you everything they got for a solid like month and a half or however long that Mm -hmm. like honeymoon phase is they give you everything they got and you feel like you're on top of the world like it Mm -hmm. literally feels like a drug Mm -hmm. it's absolutely nuts and so then after that um I realized like through the cheating and everything I was like damn Dr. Romney keeps talking about this thing called gaslighting so Mm -hmm. I went into it and gaslighting is when you know you someone manipulates you so much that you start to question your own sanity and your own reality gaslighting is a major form of um, emotional abuse we've seen it all over our news, social media, everyone saying, oh, you're gaslighting me, you're gaslighting me. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's true, and a lot of people don't realize that they're doing it. Mm-hmm. I don't think they do, but it is such a terrible form of abuse because you sit there and you question everything about yourself, and you're constantly telling yourself, like, Is this? am I going crazy? Mm-hmm. And you ask yourself normally, am I crazy? Mm-hmm. But, like, this one feels so intense, and that's, mm-hmm. like, the word of the day today because everything just felt so, like, heightened and intense. But basically, um, it just made me. It made me feel really, really anxious and Mm -hmm. less confident in myself and I found myself apologizing twenty four seven. Even if things that weren't my fault, I was just always apologizing to him. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Damn, not me being gaslighted for time on straight. That like the whole gaslighting started from a movie Right. Where a woman was literally in an emotionally abusive relationship and her husband was making her feel so crazy that she ended up in a psych ward at the end of it.
1: I think you guys should actually watch that movie. Yeah. I think a lot of people throw the term around even now like it's another term just like narcissism where people are using it and not really understanding why it is so hurtful and how much damage can be done from gaslighting and i think that in a society where it's been predominantly male dominated up until now and still now mm-hmm. they don't realize how much men do it i'm mm-hmm. not saying women don't gaslight i think women even gaslight their friends yeah um but i think that Men have done it so much so because women have never had the same power as men in society. Mm-hmm. And so when women have shown or started to show that they have power, they have um, rights and thoughts, and a, and a level of mindfulness that's equal to men, men find ways to undermine it because they've never had it before. For example, women are domesticated, so men will be like, Do you think you're smart enough to do this? Mm-hmm. Women have never done this before. Do you feel like you're educated enough? Mm-hmm. Women don't do that kind of stuff. And so, because it's already like the history's already been there, it's almost like You start to doubt what you know is possible exactly and so like i totally feel like just as a recommendation you guys should watch the movie because that's exactly what it's like Mm. even today it it starts from like the smallest things yep and it's just spiraled to the point where like you overthink and rethink everything you know to be true Mm. that is so scary it
0: made me start questioning do i want a monogamous relationship do I want polygamists? I
1: remember this conversation. Yeah. And it came like, to you
0: and I was like, can you explain this to me?
1: I think one part you're leaving out though is the fact that Leanna had completely isolated everyone she loved and yeah. trusted. You definitely
0: left that out. Ah, uh, yeah. I forgot that part. we... It's a part of the love-bibbing pro- process where you spend so much time with someone that he also made me feel like I was the, he was the only one I could confide in. And when I didn't confide in him, he was super upset with me. He would get so mad at me and I was just like, okay, fine. Like, I'm not talking to anyone else. And if I said, because I remember the first time he cheated on me, and I I said, you know, my I was talking to my friends, and it's ridiculous. They were telling me this and that, and, you know, you shouldn't be treating me this way, and all that stuff. And he's like, what do your friends know, basically?
1: I just, because I, at this time, I was also learning about polyamory versus um, monoamory. Mm-hmm. And I had told, like, Leanna had finally said something to me. Because mm-hmm. I remember when she In met like, him October, and she told though. me, yeah. I remember when she met him and she told me, I went to go pick up these LIRR passes from this guy Mm. and I think I found my husband, like Mm. he's so goal driven, he's so successful, he knows what he wants, he's so independent, he's going to move out, he has all these goals and I was like, okay, like that's great because what she wanted, what she was coming from before she met this guy Mm. was someone who was less goal oriented didn't really want to move up in the workforce. And if you guys go back a few episodes, I even talk about how, like, Leanna will start to prioritize certain priorities that she's looking for in a man over others, and she'll forget the ones that she started out with. Mm. So aside from someone being, like, super goal-oriented, she forgot. She needs somebody that's not a narcissist. (laughs) Obviously, she didn't know that, so I'm joking. But it's like she was kind of getting what she wanted. So I think even that played into you starting to doubt yourself. Like what he was saying to you was making sense because you were like, well, at least he has this. Mm. At least he can do this for me. Mm. At least he can take me on vacation. And so at that point, I remember months later, Mm. right? I'm, we're asking her like me and my other friend um, are asking Leanne, like, what's going on with so-and-so? Like, are you guys? And she's like, we're great. Mm. Everything's great. Everything's lit she comes to me like months later and she's like, I have a question. Is what I'm doing just fighting the fact that being with multiple people is okay? Or am I getting cheated on? Mm. And so at the time, I'm telling her, because she's not telling me the full story, to be honest. Mm. She didn't tell me the full story. She didn't tell me how abusive he was. She didn't tell me that she was being gaslit. She didn't even like phrase it in that way. I'm missing months of details have no idea what's going on and i'm trying to convince her like girl just keep an open mind not that i'm all for polyamory i've never been in an open relationship but my issue with her was she was painting the picture as if he kept saying i just want to be with multiple people can you deal with that yeah and it the way she made it sound was i'm trying to be open to that and i'm just not adjusting to it well and so it was confusing as her friend because i'm just like if he's and she's crying, so I'm like, what are you so <laughs> upset about? If you knew he was seeing other people, why are you so upset? And so even hearing her retell this story, I had to ask the question: Why does she keep? Why is it not polyamory? Mm. Why does she keep referring to it as cheating? And I'm finally realizing it's not polyamory. It's not as simple as that because
0: he didn't. You allow weren't allowed to do, to do yeah. the same thing. Exactly, and that was the. Biggest part of it. So you even told me, like, why don't... When I first told her, she's like, so why don't you go seek other men? Like, why don't you go be with other people? One, I didn't want to. No one compared to him. And he even told me when I first tried to leave him, he was like, you are never going to find someone like me. My 75% that I give you is probably everyone else's 100%. So good luck, basically, out there. Mm -hmm. Because you've got the best in front of you. And that's how I felt, too. So I was like, let me just put up with this. The second reason was he told me that, you know, if you start to deal with other people, I will give you less of my time. I will give you less of me. And I already felt at that point that he wasn't even giving him me all of him. Mm-hmm. So it just, and I'm constantly fighting for his approval. I'm constantly fighting to show him that, you know, I'm worth it, to, to show me all of him. And so then I was like, okay, fine, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick beside him. Mm-hmm. This my man. This I'm my sti- man. Yeah, a, that's him. <laughs> and I'm gonna stick beside him. Mm-hmm. And I did, and I think that was the hardest part, but I feel like, Something I don't talk about often is the immense shame that came with all of it. And so I. that's why it was easy for me to isolate everyone outside my life. It was easy for me to put on a bright face and keep lying to everyone and keep saying, we're great, we're having a great time. And he, when he took me on vacation and I couldn't post him and I was dying to post him. And he, just, he refused to let me post him. He refused to let me tell my friends anything. He refused to meet any of my friends, any of my extended family. And I'm so close to my family. So all these things, it just made me feel so closed off and I was just like maybe I don't want him to meet any of them because I'm so ashamed as to what he's doing to me and I'm so ashamed of what I'm letting him do to me.
1: Yeah. I think that it's tricky being in relationships like this. I'm going to be honest. I'm having a moment because it's just funny because we've been friends this whole time but for four years of my life I was dating someone who was exactly like this.
0: Yeah. But this is why I wanted to bring this topic up Because narcissistic personality disorder is a personality disorder. The only thing is, like, it's in the DSM-5. This is a psychology... Like, this is a psychological, you know, disorder. Mm -hmm. What I want to make sure that you guys understand is that when you throw this word around, you have to make sure that you're saying that this person has narcissistic tendencies. And it sounds like I'm nitpicking, but it's true because everything is on a spectrum. Everything we have today is on a spectrum.
1: Yeah, I don't... And just to add to that, it's like, you guys, we all throw around the word psychotic like you're psychotic Mm. you're crazy i don't feel like narcissistic personality disorder or calling somebody a narcissist is anything that should be taken lightly just like calling somebody crazy Mm. or calling somebody psychotic or saying i'm depressed or discrediting anxiety and all of that should be because even in the black community it's like y'all have all these issues you just don't want to label it Mm. because the minute you put a label on it Mm -hmm. it's like It's just so frowned upon. It's like you're you're part of the untouchables. So I think you have a great point, and I think this episode is great because you're making it clear that these are not things that you can just throw around and say, like, you know, everybody's a narcissist. No, like, really dissect the person that you're dealing with. Understand who you're dealing with. Do the research. And I'm just...
0: And notice the way that they act. I think the reason why this stood out to me the most is because, one, he had no remorse for what he was doing two he could never see what he was doing. Yeah. So that's a huge one like they never see the wrong they're doing. Sometimes when you're with someone and you think that they're a narcissist look back at you know the way they you can commu- you can't communicate with them. I knew I couldn't bring up anything with him yeah. because um, he would it would automatically come back on me. It'd be a fight and it'd be him just putting me down. Yeah. And so I just stopped talking about anything any problem I had with him. I'd be sh- shaking. Even recording right now, shaking, like, yeah. literally so scared. I'd, I'd journal everything. I'd have to type everything out before I said it. And I'd be sitting up there in front of him like, um, so it's scary. Yeah. And then another thing is that looking back, everything he did was very intentional. And I said that in the beginning, everything it was super calculated. His steps that he took to make sure that I couldn't leave and then also couldn't speak to him at the same time about how I was feeling it was very, uh, like, kind of pre-planned. Yeah. And it seemed like he had done this before, and it seemed like he was accustomed to this lifestyle. Yeah. And so that was the biggest red flag for me. It's just like, you know, I deal with, I've dealt with people with narcissistic tendencies, but at the end of the day, if you can realize your faults, if you can realize what you're doing, you are clearly not a narcissist because these people feel as though they are on top of the world. There's they are untouchable. Nothing that they can change. Exactly. They
1: are infallible.
0: Yeah. They have a. They just feel like. This God complex. Yeah. It's unbelievable.
1: I'm just confused. I'm not confused because I know what it's like. But you said you tried to leave multiple times. So what happened when you would try to leave?
0: Mm. And this brought me into the last term that like stood out to me so much in all of my research on this. And this is the term hoovering. Mm-hmm. So basically with narcissists, they just will do anything to get you back to make sure that they still have their narcissistic supply. Pretty much. They mm-hmm. still have their, their circle that they're still messing with. And so they become very frantic when you realize that you need to leave. And they when they realize that you want to leave and when you realize that you need to leave, they become so frantic that they start doing everything that they can. So these moments where he drove to um, New Jersey mm-hmm. to follow me to come get me back. Mm-hmm. Uh, these moments where he takes me on vacation so that I, I can't be around anyone, mm-hmm. only him. And I have to constantly just you know talk to him only. And these moments where he's telling me, oh, I'm going to stop by your house or come over, come over, come over. It's like he's, he's just grabbing for anything to make sure that, He can come back. The last form of hoovering that he did um, was after the relationship had ended, you know, he hadn't spoken to me since I walked out the door. He said, don't come back, all this stuff, blah, 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 blah. Basically, in February, complete skips over my birthday, so nothing actually thoughtful, just decides on February, in February, that he's going to send me Valentine's Day gifts.
1: This was so weird. This
0: was so weird. So weird. First of all, my dad got the first one, so congratulations. Also, (laughs) sent out of order. Anyway sends the first one with a cryptic message and um, just like sends some flowers over and then he sends some cookies and some sweets and stuff like that. And again, with a cryptic message and then finally he sends, I'm, I'm like waiting for it because mm. I know it's coming and he sends me a text. Did you get the Valentine's Day gift? Asking for a friend.
1: Such a creep.
0: Like such a creep. And you know what? At that point, I had gone no contact, which I'll get into later, but at that point, I had gone no contact so I just didn't answer. Mm. I just liked the message and I didn't answer. And I was sweating ball sex. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, I was just freaking out. I had run so many scenarios over and over in my head because at this point, I'm still thinking about him. I'm still in this, like, trance of him. And so I had gone through so many scenarios in my head. Okay, if I answer like this, I'll answer like this. If I don't do this, and, and I was just like, the best way to answer is to not answer. But mm-hmm. that was a huge thing. He never let me go. Every single time I tried to leave, he remind me that I'm the best I'm a, he's ever going to have. He would remind me that basically I am nothing without him Mm -hmm. and good luck. And I'd come running right back and he'd just do something sweet and just be like, "Ah, just let's just forget about Mm -hmm. it. You're upset, don't be upset. And he would literally, to the point where I'd try to leave and he'd be like, I'm just going to wait till you stop being so dramatic
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and just look at me. I'd be like, okay, I guess I got to get over it.
1: So... What I know about you to be true is that you are empathetic
0: to the max. Mm. Not
1: to say I feel like I'm empathetic, but I feel like you are the all-around universal Mm. empath. Guys, this is the same man that said, one key can unlock multiple locks, but what if multiple keys can unlock the same lock? Bad lock, right? (laughs) I'm sorry. It's not funny at all. But this is that same guy. And so what I think about automatically is... Only a certain person can deal with this level of narcissism. Mm -hmm. Like this egomaniacal man Mm. really felt like your son will never rise again Mm. without him. And so I'm bringing this term up because here's the thing about empaths, right? They live to please. They live to fix. And it's like, it's a beautiful thing, right? Because that's what... When you think of, like, the ideal human and, like, the ideal universe, you think of people that want to make other people feel good. This is her. Mm. Enters Leanna Dominique. Yeah.
0: And so when you
1: met... <laughs> when you met this man, yeah. it was, like, the perfect match for a narcissist. Absolutely. Like, the perfect victim.
0: They actually... They prey on empaths. Mm-hmm. They, they really do. And so an empath, like she said, just wants to, make, wants to help, wants to fix. Yeah. And he... Unfortunately, in my case, I had a covert narcissist. and so what this mean was he wasn't the grandiose type. He wasn't the over-the-top, He wasn't the, the, best, the best of the best. It has to be seen by everyone. It was, the world owes me the best of the best. Mm-hmm. The world owes me a better life. Mm-hmm. And so when he was telling me about his upbringing, you know, he didn't have his father, and you know, he grew up kind of very poor, basically, and he was making a name for himself and all this stuff. I'm like, wow, you know, he's been through a lot. He's been through so much emotional trauma that he doesn't even realize. And when I say I'm an empath, I feel this thing. I feel these things. I feel when someone is hurt and upset and it's more intense because it feels like I can feel what they're feeling. And so I'm constantly thinking, putting myself in their shoes. And I know we're all taught to do this, but I can actually do it. Literally lift myself up. And be as upset at that as that person. Mm-hmm. And so when he was telling me about all this emotional abuse that he endured and the actual physical abuse that he endured growing up, it was just like I needed to help him. Mm-hmm. I needed to help fix him, and I needed to help figure out, help him connect those dots because I could see that things that were happening from his past was transferring over, but he couldn't see that. The reason why we had this like back and forth twenty four seven between us was because a narcissist at their core they lack empathy Mm -hmm. they lack any type of empathy they will Mm -hmm. never feel what another person's feeling and that's why they can never understand what they're doing to other people yeah because they don't ever say let me put this person let me put myself in this person's shoes let me see what i'm doing they don't feel that way so with me carrying all this empathy him carrying none we came together and he was like let me take advantage of this woman yeah and so as he was constantly saying you know what was me what was me what was me He's also turning around and saying, but yeah, look how much I've done for myself. And so he could see that I was putting him on this pedestal as to this guy who made it through the trenches and then you know, was able to lift himself up and create this amazing life for him. And so with narcissists, they, they have this feeling of they, they need admiration from people. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what I do. And as I've told you guys before, I put people on a pedestal and I'm no longer able to see anything else around mm-hmm. them or, or who they truly are. And so I put him on this pedestal and he could feel it. And so the power dynamic was completely lost on my end. Right. And he had all the power in his hands. And he was constantly just telling me, you know, I've done so much for myself. Look up to me. Look up to me. Mm-hmm. And I was. I was looking up to him because I'm like, wow, what an amazing guy. This man was crazy.
1: Yeah, dead <laughs> crazy. Okay, so this is kind of touchy. Mm-hmm. As if this topic isn't touchy enough. Right. But so you made it clear earlier that I think everybody should make it clear and understand that. Being a narcissist and having narcissistic tendencies are two different things, right? Yeah. But do you find that the relationships that have surrounded you your entire life had made you more prone to falling for a narcissist? Half (laughs) a... The reason... Okay, wait, let me say this. You guys have heard me mention, too, how many times Leanna will doubt herself, Mm -hmm. what you're doing. You don't just wake up overnight and say... You know, like, obviously this man had powerful tendencies. There was probably nothing you could have done really to get out of this. Right. But had you not been used to questioning. And, like, even before, I think in the unconditional love episode, we discussed how there are relationships, familial and personal, Mm. that make you wonder, are you doing enough? Are you good enough? Mm. Are you too emotional? And so if you met this man, which you did, And he starts saying, when you're done being dramatic, let me know. When you're done feeling whatever you're feeling, I'll be here.
0: You're absolutely right. This is something that I've been avoiding for probably a while now. But, you know, full transparency, guys. Of course, this hurts me to talk about because I want more for my mom. I want more for our relationship. But it's really hard when you're talking to someone and it's literally going in through one ear and out through the other. And I've told her all this before, um, just not the label and everything. But I think that's also why she was able to identify him.
1: (laughs) Were you silent?
0: (laughs) Or silent? You're an idiot. (laughs) You're an idiot. I felt
1: like this was something that I wanted to bring up yeah because I think that what we don't do as adults is realize consciously as we're growing up what behaviors and tendencies we're taking from our parents and implementing into the our future relationships and if you have studied psychology i know a lot of people like to discredit it but there are different attachment styles and those attachment styles ultimately determine the kind of relationships you seek out Mm. they're secure anxious and ambivalent um and i'm not gonna label anybody other than myself but what I will say is that as Leanna's friend, it's been really hard to watch her constantly doubt herself. Yeah. When she's one thousand percent in her right to feel whatever she's feeling and be the voice that's like, You're right, it's okay, you can feel like that. You mm. can feel like that, it's okay. Like Because you don't want to tell somebody what to do. Yeah. And when you are constantly questioning what you know to be true, and then I'm coming in as an outsider and being like, girl, if you feel that way, you're entitled to feel that way. But you still being like, but it's like maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I am just being dramatic. I feel like people that are used to Especially like when you come from a black family, you mm. know that forget Haitian, forget Haitian, yeah, just black forget overall. Haitian, black families will constantly tell you that what you're feeling is something you need to suck up yep. or move on from yep. because we're so used to having to just move on. It's in our history. So it's 1000% understandable, but it's no longer acceptable. Mm. And so as kids of a new generation, millennials, whatever you want to label it, Gen Z, it's like you have to at some point realize that what you're doing is almost a direct result of what you're used to. Yeah. And so I just have watched you with forget really like romantic relationships. Like even with friendships, if your friend comes to you and is like, "Girl, you're dramatic," like she'll literally tell her friend exactly what's going on. Yep. And the friend will be like, "You're being dramatic. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what to tell you, and I don't know why we keep talking about the
0: same thing." It's hard. It's so hard. And I, I say that all the time, but this is probably unlearning everything that I've grown up with. Um, all these ideals, all these tendencies that I see 24-7 and now seeing it in a different light. Because you know what? I will take it back and I will say... Well, you know what I said it in the right way. I said I think my mom is a covert narcissist. I I can't right. label her. I'm not. I'm not a psychologist. Yeah, because yeah,
1: then my next question is, what makes you feel like you've determined that she's no longer just exhibiting narcissistic tendencies; that she's an actual narcissist? Yeah. Like that's that's difficult. The DSM has its own way. Like you have to have a certain amount of you have to exhibit a certain amount of symptoms or behaviors in order to be classified as a narcissist. Yeah. But you've grown up with her your yeah. entire life, so I feel like it's. You feel like at this point, you know, more than likely Mm. that, but it's hard to say because it's your parent.
0: Exactly. And one thing I've come to the conclusion of, we would never know our parents fully in general because they had a whole life before they had us. Mm -hmm. And there are things that they can bend and twist in the Mm -hmm. past that we would never know because we simply weren't there. There is the person who they present themselves to be and there's someone who they were. Mm -hmm. Or, and in some cases, when you have certain parents, like, you know, that is still that same person that Mm -hmm. they present, but- She hasn't really full... For me, she hasn't fully turned over to the narcissist part. I think her tendencies are on 100, though. Mm -hmm. Because she has empathy. Mm -hmm. And I see it in her. Unless she is a really good way of acting, Mm -hmm. she has empathy. And that's where I get it from as well.
1: Yeah, but I think that what you need to also remember is like... One shoe doesn't fit all at the end of the day. One shoe does not fit all. You can't say that just because she shows empathy... That automatically means she's not a narcissist. Mm. Obviously, neither of us are licensed right. um to diagnose anybody. But what I will say is there's it's something called individual differences for a reason. Mm. One narcissist is not going to look exactly like the next. Very true. The same way like I think about some people that I know and have loved or currently love, and I realized how narcissistic they are yeah like what we're talking about when we talk about covert narcissists are people that constantly feel like they're the victim of something exactly they never leave that victim mentality exactly and they always feel needy Mm. like the minute you start to do something without them or your life is going fine without them or they have a different set of friends or they see that you're out and living happily without them or you went out and didn't invite them it's like What are you doing? Why didn't you invite me? Why don't you want to be with me? Why don't you need me? Why don't you want to hang out? Like, and so what I realized too is like, along with that, for me, my personal relationship a while ago, I was constantly, I don't know if I would call this gaslighting. I wouldn't call it gaslighting. But I would do something. Like, I I would tell Leanna, I posted a picture on Instagram and a fight would ensue. like, Why do you feel like you need attention from everybody? Mm -hmm. You sent me that picture like three days ago. Why do you have to post it on Instagram? There was no sense of agency. And I found myself constantly asking him for permission Mm -hmm. to do things that didn't have anything to do with him. Zero. And... Back to even isolation, it's like I was constantly isolating myself from everybody that loved me. I went three or four years without really talking to my friends, like yeah. the way I'm used to. Like, whatever th- this relationship I have with Leanna now didn't exist because mm-hmm. I was living a completely different life. I knew deep down that there was something, like you said, the shame that you feel from knowing that you're morphing into somebody that you don't even recognize you're doing things that you would never do for anybody else and i think that even though i can't say but i feel as though that's one of the key aspects of a narcissist Mm -hmm. you know that you're no longer and forget a narcissist but an abusive relationship i'll say that because when you're in an abusive relationship you start gaslighting yourself forget he doesn't even have to ask me anymore like do you want attention that bad i'm now saying to myself am i an attention whore exactly am i insecure exactly do i feel like i need to be with other people am i trying to get another guy's attention i never even thought like that before that was never a thought that crossed my mind and now because i've heard it so much and because he's belittled me to the point where i feel like i can't survive without him Mm. i'm now questioning my own motives Mm. things that I truly believe to be true, I'm no longer thinking anymore. Absolutely. To be asking another human being that doesn't pay my bills Mm. or give me life or feed me or provide shelter for permission to do things, everything makes you feel like just living is a chore.
0: Exactly. Like
1: living your life freely is now like unacceptable. Everything that you feel you're entitled to do is no longer like just up to you. It has to be run past your partner. And I feel like That's That's where the dependency comes on,
0: on too. They Mm -hmm. don't allow you to even think for yourself at a certain point.
1: I saw it as fear. Like, Mm. if I do this, then he's going to leave me. Or, like, if I do this and present myself in this way, then he's not going to want to be with me. And then it got to the point where I wouldn't do things just to avoid the fight. Like... It didn't even make sense. And the thing is, I would run the fight back, the last fight, of like the same topic back in my head, and I'd be like, it doesn't even make sense, but I don't care, I'm not going to do it because I don't want to hear his mouth. Mm. Like I'd rather us just be happy than me be happy individually. And it was never us happy together. It was never going to be that. And so it's constantly like, it's kind of like a hamster on a freaking wheel. Going nowhere. You're just trying to keep up. You can't even keep up with what
0: your reality is. You're so far removed from the truth. What's the craziest part is when I'm, I'm thinking back and I'm like, damn, this is it's so true because of the little things, the little comments mm-hmm. are not little mm-hmm. when you're in a relationship like this mm-hmm. and even dealing with a person like this. Because like I can't say with my mom, I have a very short fuse yeah. 24-7 and I'm constantly on defense mode because I'm waiting for them. I'm waiting for the combat. Yeah. I'm yeah. waiting for the, what? what? What do I, like I'm ready to defend myself and even... It's like those little comments, like when we were, he would constantly take me out to eat. Mm-hmm. Guys, I got skinny during this relationship.
1: That was
0: <laughs> the biggest red flag. <laughs> what, son? Healthy relationship weight? I saw a shorty on TikTok that went from like 150 Word. to like almost 300 pounds. Word. And her husband was like, I love you, baby. That's how it goes. Mm-hmm. This man, I lost almost 25 pounds when I was with him mm-hmm. in 10 months because... He would constantly take me out to eat and I would, at first I started eating, but I have this thing where it's really hard for me to eat around people I'm attracted to. Mm-hmm. So my stomach kind of just closes up. And so from there, like I, I just kind of stopped eating. And so there was one day where I finally was like, yo, I'm starving. I'm about to eat. I ate. He looked at me. He was like, damn, you was hungry. He goes, damn, she was hungry as hell. Mm-mm, She hungry. Following occasion, guys, <laughs> we're having sex. And this man is like, you been eating? Yo, what? What? He's like, you've been eating? Yeah, you don't eat around me. That's crazy. You must be eating by yourself. Where did all this come from? What? <laughs> I stopped eating after that. I never eat another food in my life. <laughs> Just water. And it's like you're hearing when I'm talking out. When I'm saying this out loud, I'm like, why the? Why would that even bother me? Yeah. But someone who's critiquing you at your most vulnerable moment—it was a jab that he had calculated. That he knew what he was gonna do, he knew what the outcome would be, and I stopped eating.
1: It's like clockwork. It's a manipulation that you can't even verbalize. Yeah. Not only because it's embarrassing, because it almost but because it also feels impossible to be manipulated like this. Like when you say it out loud, people will be like, How did you even fall for that? Yo. Because it's just a mind game and it's constant. Yo. It's like being beat because I think what you brought up before you mentioned love bombing, mm. that's period is so critical Yo. because everything is so intense that you feel and the craziest part is after the love bombing you feel like once things start going downhill and the red flags become so like apparent you're like i just want to get back to what we had in the beginning Absolutely. where was that i know you're capable of it and so i think women <laughs> she's holding my hand guys <laughs> i think women do this all the time i feel like that's why we're also maybe throwing this word around For two reasons. One, because women are naturally fixers. Mm. And we see the potential Mm. in our partner. So we're like, we see you can be like this. And when it comes to narcissists, because of that love bombing period, we see how great they could be Mm. if it was real. Mm. And because it's not real and they let go of all that because now they have you, they completely forget that they could treat you that good. And so you start just overanalyzing everything you do because you're trying to get back to him when he was perfect.
0: Because you constantly ask yourself, where did it go wrong? Yeah,
1: like, what did I do? What did I do? What did I do
0: do to change his view of me that he starts treating me like this? And I remember, oh, my God, that just hit the nail on the head because for so long I just kept saying, where did he go? And I've always told him, I wish you could be how you were in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I told him that over and over again. I'm like, what happened to that guy? What happened to that guy? And I was constantly asking myself. And I should have known there was something wrong. Mm-hmm. Because, and I even said it like, I wrote a paper on this as well. And I said it was like kind of getting like inducted into this secret society of suffering. Because no one will ever understand until you're going through it yourself. Yeah. You constantly tell yourself, that would never happen to me. Mm-hmm. Could never be me. Ooh, wouldn't be me. Right. Baby, it is. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. you wake up one moment, one day, and you're just like, who the hell am I looking at? You're looking at yeah. this person, and whoever is talking back to you is not the same guy that you thought you were with, mm-hmm. or same girl. Mm-hmm. It was just so scary to see kind of like a mask come off, mm-hmm. and you get so addicted. It's like meth, bro. Like, yeah. literally, you get so addicted to that treatment in the beginning, that that lifestyle, that luxury, the loving, the caringness of everything that they give you, and then you wake up one day, and you're like, damn, bro, I'm in shackles. Right
1: and i think this the second reason that um the second reason that women fall subject to this and we constantly feel like we're dealing with someone who's narcissistic is because a lot of times men don't open up mm. especially like black men they cling to no offense they cling to this i came from the trenches story yes so when a yes, man finally opens up to you and says Yo, I've been going through this. I dealt with this. I've been through this. You would never understand. But here, I'm gonna tell you because you're special. Mm. They that's a covert narcissist. That's covertly narcissistic because mm. you feel like, wow, like he's opening up to me. I must be so special. Mm. And that's how like you also get wrapped up in this whole idea of what we have, nobody else can have. Like if he's trusting you with this information and he like it's so sensitive to him. You would never tell anybody this but it's kind of what gets you
0: so I actually do want to share a part of the essay um that I wrote about this because it was really transparent um it was really raw and the self-recovery process included a lot of journaling because I felt like I couldn't talk to anyone Mm -hmm. and even after I felt like I was still pushing people away because I just kept saying to myself they would never understand they would never understand and so what I said was journaling my rollercoaster of emotions was the best decision I made from missing him, to cursing him, to feeling disappointed in myself for not leaving sooner, but worst of all, feeling ashamed. I wrote it all down. In the eyes of others, I was this strong, confident woman, woman, always kicking my ass, <laughs> who would not dare to allow any of this to happen to her. Mm-hmm. But, I was, but I had disappointed those around me, and most importantly, myself. Mm-hmm. I lost my intuition and my confidence, and I was constantly wondering if I could ever trust myself or my judgment ever again. And even though I had blocked him on everything, which was the second best decision I ever made for myself... I still kept hope that he would reach out to me, that he would realize the error in his ways and come to me with an apology. A part of me will forever have hope that he will do that, despite all that happened, because I loved him. But as the time passes, it becomes clear to me that 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 day will never arrive. This is hard for me to read back, and even in my personal journal, it's hard for me to read back because at this time, last year I was writing my journal, I am so insecure. I am so hurt. And... This recovery process was so long. I'm still going through it because he had knocked me down so far off of that little pedestal I had for myself. Mm-hmm. That my confidence was gone. I said my intuition was gone. That felt horrible. Mm-hmm. Like it felt like I couldn't trust myself. And if you can't trust yourself, who the hell can you trust? Mm-hmm. Like it was the worst. So going through that recovery process was just a lot of educating myself. And that's why I, I take this thing so this topic so seriously. But it was also reminding myself that reminding myself that it wasn't all my fault. And I think it's easier said than done because in moments like these, in relationships like these, you think that you're so accustomed to thinking everything is already your fault. You're so accustomed to taking the blame for everything that I had to stop for a second and was like, you didn't do this all by yourself. Mm-hmm. You're not just some dummy who was walking around.
1: Right, looking for this.
0: Yeah, looking for this and letting this man walk over. It's not like I knew he was a narcissist the whole time. It's not like I had all this information. I had never been presented this information before. So it's like, how would I identify someone that I I couldn't recognize myself? Right. Journaling was a huge part for me. Talking to Kristen, of course, because she's so damn smart. And just finally opening up about.
1: Yeah, sharing. Yeah,
0: sharing and just. Because even now, and I feel so bad, like just randomly remembering little things because certain things remind me of the relationship. Mm-hmm. But like just trying to move past it, I think the best thing I could have done was just like finally like just talk about it. Yeah, and that's why I wanted to do this episode. So I'm really Good. glad. How do you feel? Ooh, I'm hot. <laughs> I'm hot as a mug. We got in here, but before we leave, if you are experiencing someone you believe to be is narcissistic or you have they have any narcissistic tendencies what i will tell you is that that person will if they truly are one they'll never realize what they're doing to you so the best thing you can do for yourself is distance yourself separate yourself the best thing i ever did was go no contact with him and even though he reached out multiple times and i fell off a couple times of going no contact and sometimes when i was lit i would unblock his number and all that mm-hmm. stuff making sure that that person no longer has any access to you right is a huge part of moving on absolutely and another thing that I'm working on to this day is setting boundaries, mm-hmm. not letting people walk all over me, mm-hmm. not letting people have all access to me 24-7 Her. and knowing my worth and not letting anyone tell me what my worth can be Period. or cannot be. It doesn't fluctuate. It's what I said it to be.
1: I want to leave you guys with a reminder that everything isn't your fault. And I think from looking from the outside in, like even if you're listening to Leanna's story and you're like, girl, how did you let this happen? Or how did you let him talk to you like this? How could you think that this was okay? When you're a good person, it's very easy to find excuses for other people because you believe that deep down they're good too. Mm. And so I don't want anybody who's gone through this. I think even practicing positive self-talk, which Leanna and I both need to work on, Mm. is realizing that it is not your fault. When you are a good person, it automatically kind of by default makes you naive. Mm. It makes you wonder, well, what can I do better to make this situation better? If I'm at my best and they're at their best, then maybe I just need to meet them where they're at, even if it's less than me. Mm. And... I just wanted to remind you, if you're going through something like this or you feel like your best is not making someone else realize that you're still amazing, it's not your fault. And I always tell Leanna, you have to meet people where they're at. Mm. Like You can't expect somebody to see you for all that you are and all that you can contribute when they're not able to see it themselves. And so if you're going through something like this, my heart goes out to you. If you want to talk to us, we're more than happy to do so. I think social media even makes it super hard for you to be honest about... Looking stupid. Yep. There's this huge stigma about. Yep. Damn, she's dumb as hell. Yep. You're not dumb. You're just a good person, and I think when you're a good person, it automatically makes you fall victim to people that don't have that same good heart as you. Yep. So, with that being said, we love you guys so much. We're so grateful for your support. We have one episode after this. Oh my god! Until the season is over. So we hope you guys look forward to our season finale. That sounds so great. Oh, my God. Season
0: finale. We just started. What? Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for allowing me to be transparent. Thank you guys so much for allowing me to have this space to talk about things that happened in my past. For allowing us mm-hmm. to just be able to come on here and be freely ourselves. And you guys never judge us. You never. That's that I know of. Yeah. But too. Right. <laughs> if you do, keep it to so. yourself. But, yeah, you guys just. Provide us with so much love and support and encouragement. And I'm so glad we started this. And I can't believe it's next week is going to be our last mm-hmm. episode of the season. But season two, we'll be back and better than ever. So don't ever th- watch that.
1: Here we go. <laughs> and we'll be back on the next episode. Bye.
0: Bye.